What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's September 10, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn episode 52. In this episode, I'll be talking about the benefits of weightlifting shoes and how to get back into the fitness lifestyle after some time off, like a week or so. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. Alright, so another week has gone by since the last podcast, and we're actually coming up on the one-year birthday of this whole thing, which is exciting for me. So this week, I got in a lift with my buddy at Powerhouse Gym in Mississauga. I think that was this past Monday. In Canada, uh, that was Labor Day, actually, on Monday, so we hit some chest Monday, chest day, of course, and I did some extra stuff after that, but... Again, it was another good lift. We hit a few reps on flat bench with 275 pounds, which went pretty smooth. We were planning on hitting incline bench first, but there was only one incline bench in the whole gym. Uh, I just found that out. Plus, this guy didn't want to do dumbbells because he has some shoulder issues, so we of course had to go to the flat barbell bench again that day. And man, I can't wait for the vaccine passport, which will hopefully empty out the gym because... That gym was actually pretty busy that day, and it wasn't even 10 a.m. I think we got to the gym at 9.30. I guess it was also pretty busy because it was a holiday and people don't have anything else to do. I mean, clearly, look at me at the gym. Well, we ended up doing flat bench, uh, flat uh, flat barbell, uh, incline barbell, and also pec deck on, honestly, one of my favorite machines, which is the hoist pec deck. And if you know about hoist machines, they move while you do the movement to try to put you in a more optimal position, and I like that machine specifically. So, okay, what else happened in the gym this week? Now I need to think. Oh, uh, squats didn't go too well this week. Not an increase in weight there uh, for this week, which is the first lift so far to have sort of a drop-off. I ended up uh, hurting my back slightly last Saturday, so I had to work through that this week. So this week when it came to loading weight on my squat, that was pretty tough. I didn't want to go too crazy or push myself too much as I recover from that. But again, it's nothing serious. I just happened to tweak my back a little bit while I was warming up for deadlifts. Literally one of the first sets I did, I just tried to pull the bar up really fast and went too fast for my own good, I guess. Like I said, though, it's not that serious, but just that little hiccup in training, and I had to take it easy this week for anything anything affecting the lower body, really. Upper body wasn't affected, but squats and deadlifts were, so I had to make up for it for volume purposes with other movements and exercises. And that day specifically, I was working out at Crunch Fitness in Mississauga. Honestly, 
<laughs> Sorry, I mean, I put them on blast just now, but, yo, that place is a disaster. There's always so many people in there. Again, vaccine passports, can't wait. Half of the dumbbell free weight area is blocked off because there's like a hole in the floor or something. I think maybe I mentioned this before, but yeah, the dumbbells are never in the right place. They're never there. I think it was this week actually where I was working out there and couldn't find a matching dumbbell pair. I think the lightest matching pair was like 40 or 35 pounds. It was ridiculous. But anyways, okay, sorry, I got a bit off track there. So worked out there for uh, one day this week. I did legs and that's when I noticed that back pain was going to affect the workout. So later on in the workout, I hit this um, single leg uh, plate loaded curl machine and that was actually pretty damn good exercise for the hamstrings but my home crunch gym doesn't have one so I'll have to use that one more often if I end up working out there all right moving on from that some news and sports and we got Layla Fernandez first topic of the day she's been the buzz in my house this whole week so the US Open is going on right now and this girl made it all the way to the semifinals which is tonight, since I'm recording this podcast Thursday afternoon. She's playing the number two seed tonight, I think, which is prime time on a Thursday. So this girl is Canadian and Filipino, yet another one making the waves in the past few years. Her name again, Layla Fernandez, and she managed to beat a few top names in women's tennis this past week, so her life has probably been super crazy right now. She beat Naomi Osaka, who, like, after that match, she had, like, a breakdown, and she's, like, stepping away from tennis for a little bit. Uh, she also beat uh, Kerber, and recently Svitolina, Svitolina, I like saying that. And those are all some pretty good names, with some Grand Slam titles and former number one players. She's had a great run so far for being only 19 years old. And this has been her best uh, run at a major championship, so hopefully we'll see more of her in the future and maybe she can pull off the victory tonight and in the finals, who knows. She's a lefty and I don't really see a lot of left-handed female tennis players, but I watched a bunch of her interviews this week and she's actually so inexperienced, you can just tell. But that's probably how I'd answer those questions too. I remember um, she got asked how she keeps her composure and she literally just said, I don't know. She literally said, I don't know. It was pretty funny, though. Uh, She did say that she she plays point by point, trusts in her training, and then says that the fans help her out. And that's always the right thing to do if you have a big crowd cheering you on. And the crazy part is that Layla could actually be playing another teenager in the finals. Uh, That's possible since Emma Raducanu from, I think, Great Britain is an 18-year-old who's also in the semifinals in the other bracket, I believe. Something I won't be cheering on is this new Adam Sandler movie I heard about this week. And if you know me, then you know I'm not a huge fan of his, but he's popular, so I figured I'd bring it up. The new movie he's working on called Hustle, which is headed to Netflix. Uh, The only reason why I'm bringing it up is because some NBA players are going to be in this one too. A bunch from the 76ers, so we got Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Matisse Thibel, Tyrese Maxey, and even the head coach Doc Rivers. I guess he didn't uh, extend the invite to Ben Simmons, but (laughs) that would make the movie funnier if he was just on there shooting free throws and just 
putting up bricks. And I don't know why Joel Embiid isn't there, but maybe he's asking for too much money. Who knows? I have no idea what this will be about, but I think it'll be pretty cool if we saw Adam Sandler on the court playing basketball for a movie, because I actually do think he's a pretty good basketball player. I've seen some videos of him running some basketball pickup games with like some pros, I think. But I didn't like that last movie he made with Kevin Garnett in it, that Uncut Gems one. God, that movie had so much shouting in it. Alright, so the Drake album came out last Friday, and I've been literally only listening to that for a week now. It's not his best album, but it's decent. I think it's better than Kanye's album, but I can still listen to both, I don't really care. My favorite songs on Certified Loverboy, it's so weird to say that, but... Okay, my favorite songs on CLB are probably No Friends in the Industry... The 7am song and probably Fountains, if I just went off the top. And on my first playthrough of the album, I remember this because I was in the gym. And that Way Too Sexy song, just that sounded so dumb and repetitive. But after watching the music video, which is hilarious by the way, the song's decent, I guess, just because of the video. Listening to that song every time just has me thinking about the music video and... The fact that Kawhi Leonard was dancing in it just made it even funnier to me. So go listen to that if you're into that type of music. If you don't like Drake, then just ignore the last 45 seconds that I had to put you through. Did you guys hear about these plans for a $400 billion desert? Or $400 billion desert? What? Okay, uh, okay, let me start over. $400 billion city in a U.S. desert. Yeah, this doesn't seem like a huge waste of money, because that money could be used, I think, a little bit more wisely. Okay, so anyways, this is coming from a former Walmart executive who plans, uh, or who has made plans for this 150,000-acre uh, eco-friendly place, which has been codenamed Tolosa, I think, if I remember that correctly. Or maybe that's the real name, I'm not even sure. Apparently, gas, uh, gas-powered gas vehicles will be banned from the city, but it's all just theoretical right now. They're just making plans for one, and I think they're looking to build it in Nevada or Arizona, maybe Texas. Yeah, that's a weird one. I don't know. I think the money could be used a lot better than this. Like, what is this for? Okay, so continuing on about the U.S., and actually I'm hearing that some people in Canada are doing it too, which is scary in regards to fighting COVID-19 or preventing it. I'm probably late on this already, but there's been a lot of talk about ivermectin lately and how it helps fight COVID-19 or even prevent it. And it's just embarrassing where people are getting this information from must be coming from Facebook or something. I'm actually pretty surprised that people went the ivermectin route and I haven't really heard much about this uh, XOCD24 drug, which was actually from seven months ago, where some hospital in Israel, I believe, uh, they managed to have almost all of their COVID-19 patients recover within a few days after taking this drug. Honestly, I'm surprised that people haven't hopped on this bandwagon, but that's probably because it's not as accessible to the public as the horse dewormer thing. I haven't kept completely up to date with this drug, XOCD24, which is supposed to handle the cytokine storms that happen with COVID. I believe it's originally used for cancer patients, but 
Seven months ago is when I first heard about it because, like I said, most of the COVID patients in this hospital where they first used this, they recovered within a few days, I think over 90% of them. And I believe last month, actually, the drug passed phase two of their trials where 29 of 30 uh, patients with moderate to severe COVID conditions, they recovered within five days or less, which was promising. So hopefully those researchers can figure out exactly how this works and how effective this could actually be. Maybe, yeah, maybe it could be one of the uh, medicines that help. It could be nothing, but it apparently worked even before most of us were vaccinated at the time. So maybe that could be a future treatment somehow. But we'll see uh, now that it's in their final phase of research with uh, 155 patients this time. Again, I'm not an expert on this drug, so I'm not sure how this could affect the long-term effects of COVID. All right, so on to some fitness-related studies, fitness and lifestyle, and what happened this week. Okay, so this one could be a little bit TMI, but apparently plant-based diets cause men to fart more and have larger stools, according to the latest study. Now, this seems pretty obvious because of the fiber intake increase that happens within these individuals but this is actually a good thing the larger stools and more flatulence this is actually a good thing when it comes to promoting healthy gut bacteria again if you listen to this podcast before i've talked about the benefits of a diverse gut bacteria before and having more plants and greens in your diet is linked to being a healthier person overall So this study specifically was only over a two-week span, and after that, the gut and the digestive system do seem to adapt to the new diet, lowering the amount of flatulence possibly after that point. Again, there's two important things with this study, the increase of plant-based meals, which will increase the amount of fiber intake, and that'll regulate your bowel movements better, and should lead to you being and and, sorry, lead to you being and feeling more healthy overall. And if we continue on this track of gut bacteria, how exciting and how much it impacts everyone. There was even a new study that pointed to even something like rheumatoid arthritis. That's something that could also be linked to a gut bacteria imbalance as well, actually. Over the past few years, actually, there there have been a few researchers who have found consistent links between gut imbalance and joint inflammation and arthritis severity. As of right now, more research still needs to go into this to figure out exactly how the gut bacteria affects joint inflammation, but there are some speculations there, and so just let me quote from this article here. Profound damage to the gut lining, which fails to work properly as a barrier, as well as an accumulation in the gut of white blood cells that cause inflammation. Honestly, this is probably going to open up the future of research when it comes to how the gut could impact many immune disorders. Again, what you eat daily is a huge part of your health and possible health problems that pop up over time. Again, the best way to avoid health complications over time comes down to a few main factors, and that's the quality of your sleep, the diversity of your well-balanced diet, which should include probably more greens than you're consuming right now. Even me, I'm guilty for it too. So sleep, diet, and some kind of activity or exercise is going to be the key to you being healthy in the long run. Question one, 
Benefits of weightlifting shoes. I've been getting a few questions in the gym actually since when I have leg day, I swap out my runners for my lifting shoes. I have the Nike Romelios 3 and I use them for squats mainly, but sometimes I'll bust them out for deadlifts or hack squats or maybe even the leg press. So I've been getting more questions like, do they help you or do they help you lift more? And I usually say, yeah, it helps a bit, but they're not necessary for everyone. Keep in mind that I was squatting perfectly fine for six years or so now, and still not perfect, And but I'm probably a little bit more advanced than the average person, so that's usually when it's a good time to try out some new equipment and see if that helps your training. When you're first starting out, I think it's better to get used to your own body and how it works, and working on perfecting your form with exercises before getting equipment like a belt or weightlifting shoes or straps or whatever, unless they're 100% needed due to injuries or something like that, maybe grip issues or whatever. So again, the weightlifting shoes will help a little bit in the squad and some Olympic lifts, but not everyone needs to get their own weightlifting shoes just to go to the gym in order to be healthy. That being said, Weightlifting shoes can help you lift more because there's a solid base there and your ankle is elevated so you should be able to squat to depth or lower a little bit easier than with a flat sole and it could potentially put your hip in a better place during a squat which should also lead to a more upright torso. Now if you're just in the gym and you're trying to be healthy, should you get them? Probably not, honestly. It's not worth the price. Honestly, at full price, I wouldn't even buy these shoes. Sometimes the prices are ridiculous, and that's why I got a pair of used ones. But anyways, normal shoes will be just fine for most people. But maybe you are a little bit more advanced and you plan on maximizing the amount of strength you can gain or the most amount of weight you can lift. The shoes will help you a tiny bit. But like I said, I think that'll be a minimal amount of difference in the grand scheme of things. Alright, so other benefits, okay, so there's a stable base, I said that earlier, and a decently constructed outer shell with a, yeah, if you have a good lifting shoe, then the outer shell is usually pretty sturdy. I got my own pair of weightlifting shoes during COVID last year, I think, and I only use them right now for squats and deadlift type of movements. I switch out of them after I'm done because... I don't really want to bench in them or get them too dirty also since they're white. So the shoes are strictly just for a few movements in the gym. So the shoe, especially when squatting, will be safer as well because of the sole of the shoe not being cushiony or soft like your average running shoe would be. That softness in the sole could actually increase the risk of injury a little bit when you're doing squats and you're also not able to generate the most amount of power possible. Now with the lifting shoe, you'll be able to convert more of your energy into strength during the lift because the sole is stable. So you'll basically be able to push better off of your foot with uh, the way they're made, the shoes made. At the same time, I've said it before, you don't want to become reliant on squat shoes. You should still be able to do a simple bodyweight squat without these shoes. You should be able to squat barefoot. Honestly, even some of your training should be barefoot as well, but that's a topic for another day. 
Your squat when barefoot versus squatting with a raised heel should theoretically be pretty similar. So if that's not the case, then you should be working on whatever kind of mobility limitations you may have in your ankles, or maybe your core or your hips, maybe your knees. I know my squat isn't perfect, but it is a little bit easier to squat when I'm in the lifting shoes, but I still try to dedicate some part of my training to be more mobile in the squat when I'm barefoot because that'll also translate to better form with the shoes on. So specific weightlifting shoes could help you on movements like a squat because of that raised heel. You're able to sit more comfortably in a squat, your torso will be more upright, and you could generate more power with the shoe as well. But does everybody need a pair? Probably not. Question two, how to get back into fitness after some time off? So off the top, remember that life is all about balance. Life can be stressful, things and events and obstacles pop up all the time. And that's pretty much going to be the theme here for this specific question. I've said before that when you're reaching your goal in anything in life, honestly, but in this case specifically, when it comes to losing weight or gaining strength or something like that, if we take strength here, let's say you start at 50 pounds and work your way up to 100 pounds three months later on a squat, that's pretty good progress from 50 pounds to 100 pounds in a short amount of time then sometimes what happens is you'll get a slight injury or life gets in the way, then you end up having to take some forced time off. Maybe it was a quick lockdown in your area or you just had a week off because life got busy or whatever. So you made your progress for a bit, then took some time off. What should you do when you are ready to get back to the gym or ready to actually work out and be active again? Basically, you just need to start where you can. When you're training, you're constantly or you'll constantly be building up some kind of muscle or some kind of stimulus. So instead of restarting all the way back to 50 pounds, you might notice that you're stronger than, than that at this point because of the work that you've already put in. You should notice that you can start heavier than that. Maybe instead of starting at 50 pounds on squats for 8 reps, maybe that means now you're starting at 60 pounds now for 8 reps. And that's something that's a lot easier to keep tabs on if you're tracking your workouts. So during that time where you're on again, you're going to be gaining that consistency again, you'll be getting stronger again, and then maybe there's another lapse in your training or break in your training then again, when you get back to it, you'll probably be starting at something like 65 pounds or maybe even 70 pounds for a few reps. But there's no need to start all the way back to square one if you don't need to. And that's why you shouldn't worry too much about getting back to training and just simply losing all of your progress right away. Just start up again. Just start by doing a little bit of something a little bit more every day. For the first few days, again, you'll have to get your body adjusted if you're taking more than a few days off, probably. Uh, so the first few sessions could be lighter intensity than usual. But after a few days of training again, you should be back to your old self pretty quickly. There's no need to just go all in. You don't want to overdo it 
or you don't want to overdo when uh, when it comes to getting back into exercising and working out or maybe going for walks that maybe are too long in hopes to try to burn as many calories as possible since you might be feeling bloated or something like that after some time off. It's really not that big of a deal if you're planning on working out or staying healthy for the rest of your life. Something like, okay, so for females when it comes to your period, there's about three to seven days there out of the month where you're bloated, you're craving certain foods, you might not be exercising as consistently or maybe not even at all during that time. Again, same rules apply here. During that time, do your best to limit the amount of time you're going to set yourself back. At least just keep it in mind. But even if you do happen to set yourself back a lot over the few days, when that's over, ease yourself back into eating normally and back to exercising. If you're working hard for 20 to 25 days of the month and have a few off days in a row, you should still be making progress in the right direction. Again, progress isn't linear. There are going to be ups and downs, but at the end of the day, if you have more days out of the month where you're mindful of your diet and exercise, if you have more days where you're on as opposed to off, you should be making progress in the right direction. That's something you always need to keep in mind. If you don't think you're making progress the way you want to, then again, that might mean tracking your progress or your strength and then reflect on that every so often to see what you've done and how far you've come since the start of your journey. Honestly, that's a part where a lot of people will fall off because they feel like they're not making progress because you're not tracking any of it and you're not writing it down. So you think in your head that you're starting from scratch all the time when that's very likely not the case after just a few days off. Like I said, when you're trying to get back into this fitness lifestyle, ease yourself into it. Start slowly and just worry about your own progress. Worry about yourself as opposed to how others are doing. The only person you need to beat at the end of the day is yourself. If you took a week off because of work being busy or just life being busy, or maybe you went on vacation for a week or so, again, when you get back, don't go too crazy with the exercises, and also don't go crazy when it comes to cutting out calories and getting into a deficit since you may have gained a little bit of weight with the time off. Again, it'll all be okay. Just take a step back and breathe. Maybe cut out the snack or whatever you think may be hurting your diet. Stop that for a day or two. No need to drop the calories to a crazy amount like a thousand calorie deficit or something like that a better idea would be to maybe cut the calories 100 or 200 calories daily instead and try to keep it in mind to consume more greens or plants and that'll give your body some more vitamins and nutrients than you're used to when it comes to carb heavy snacks that usually creep in on those off days also, an increase in protein in your diet may help with weight loss and could get rid of that feeling of hunger for a longer amount of time. So when it comes to getting back on track, I pretty much said it all already. Don't overdo it. Don't just go crazy with the workouts or punish yourself for whatever you did the past week when it came to eating bad or being lazy. It's going to be okay. 
life is all about balance. Just get back on the workouts and with consistency, you'll see that that change will start to happen again in your life or your physique or the way you're feeling day to day. It's not just about a number on the scale all the time. So get back into it slowly when it comes to fitness after some time off. Ease into it, then just be consistent with it. And if you track your progress better, let's say for strength, you should notice that even with those monthly setbacks, if you're consistently exercising or walking or skipping rope, you'll be making progress in the right way. And that concludes episode 52 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.